Okay, we uh, we're we're here uh, here in Detroit. These guys, uh, most of us, for episode number fifty-eight of the Auto Week podcast. Uh, I am joined. Uh, I being Rory. Uh, I'm joined by Wesley, executive producer of the Auto Week podcast. Hello. Uh, we've got Mike Price in here. Hello. Uh, hey. The uh, Auto Week podcast intern and uh, Jimmy Palazzari. Uh, we've got a bit of a special Hi. treat today. Hi, Jimmy. Oh, hey, Jimmy. <laughs> hey. I couldn't tell if you were going to do it. There was like a lot of buildup, and I just moved on. Sorry. But the hamster was turning. He was trying yeah. to figure out yeah, how, yeah. how to do that. Hi. That was good. Yeah. You nailed it. Um, we have a, a really special treat today. Uh, we've got Auto Week contributor uh, Peter Hughes uh, joining us from Rochester, New York. Hey, Peter. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, we were just talking a little bit uh, before we, we started recording. Sometimes we do that, not to prepare or anything. Um, just a nice casual banter. Just to, to get warmed up, get the old vocal cords working. Um, mm-hmm. And and uh, Peter is uh, just coming off of tour or short tour? Uh, yeah, kind of a, a long tour for us. Long three, tour. Three weeks, three and a half weeks. Okay. Yeah. Um, in support of your new record. Wait, Peter, you're you're a musician. I yeah, I play I play music. Oh. Um, I play I play yeah I play in a band called the Mountain Goats. Oh. and uh, yeah, and we've been around for a while and just put out a new record uh, called uh, In League with Dragons. Um, and just uh, just got home from uh, a tour supporting that. Um, How'd it go? It was good. Really good. good. Um, well, we will uh, we'll get back to that on the uh, the uh, premium Auto Week podcast the, for Patreon subscribers and the the uh, Crane branded Mountain Goats podcast. Yeah, that's correct. The uh, it's it's not it's not. Uh, I only listen to the Mountain Goats. It's the other Mountain Goats podcast. This one by Crane. Um, the reason. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been on that one? It's the No I Children podcast. No. no, yeah, Peter hasn't been on there yet. Um, we'll, we'll, uh, look forward to that. Obviously that, that one's coming up, but, um, you are here to talk about a feature that is in the current issue on a fella, a little known, uh, racer, um, from, uh, Pennsylvania by way of Italy. Um, Mario Andretti. Am I saying that right? I think that's right. Okay. And, and Andretti. Yep. Andretti. Really had to dig up the, uh, the dirt to find out who this guy was. Yeah. So deep in the archives. No, uh, probably the most, uh, I think you mentioned in the story, certainly the most famous in the United States, uh, driver. And I think you say in the, when you get pulled over by a cop, he says, who do you think you are? Mario Andretti. Like that's, he's like the Kleenex or the Walkman of, of racing drivers. He's he's the guy that you know. If if you ask any, I mean, I think even to this day, you know, if you ask any random person, you know, to name a race car driver, that's the one the one name they're gonna they're gonna have. Well, that's outside yeah. of Charlotte. I mean, yeah. you're gonna get Richard Petty probably in Charlotte. Uh, right? yeah, exactly. Sure, yeah. Yeah. so it's a small part, but depending on where you are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we wanted to talk this. Uh, I think there were a ton of. Uh, Mario Andretti features. This is the anniversary of his win, his sole sole win at the Indy 500. Um, and so everybody's kind of doing a, a big feature this year on Mario. Uh, in in my opinion, yours uh, 
my totally unbiased opinion, yours was the best. Um, <laughs> and, and, and so you, you actually spent a ton of time talking to Mario, right? Yeah. Well, he spent a ton of time talking to me. Um, uh, yeah, I spent almost two hours on the phone with him and, um, uh, yeah, he was fantastic. He could not have been, uh, more, more, uh, personable or, or, or generous and, and, um, and was just happy to, to answer all of the, <laughs> the questions that I, that I had piled up for him. So um, is that an, to me, so yesterday we, um, we interviewed a couple of racing drivers, um, in, in person for an upcoming episode. Um, and one of them was, was Rick Mears. And I realized afterwards that I didn't ask a lot of questions of Rick. Um, and I think it was because of all four of the guys who were all big name drivers. He was the one sure. that I was most like, uh, nervous about, you know, like yeah. he's, yeah. he's like, I can live with, um, a lot of people thinking I'm an idiot, but if Rick Mears thinks I'm an idiot, then <laughs> that's a pretty bad deal. Like I just can't conceive of that. Um, so I ended up like giving him kind of short shrift cause I was scared. Um, yeah. is that the same talk? I mean, obviously it's one-on-one, but is that, is that nerve wracking for you to talk to, to a guy like Andretti? Oh my God. You have no idea, man. I mean, <laughs> seriously, I was, I was telling the other guys in the band about it, about how like, you know, 30 seconds before, you know, we walk out on stage in front of 1500 people or whatever. Um, like I'm not nervous at all. You know, I mean, it's, it's like going to put some bread in the toaster or whatever. Um, but man, sitting there, like watching the clock tick down to the time that I was supposed to call Mari Andretti, my heart was in my throat. <laughs> I mean, I was like, I was gripping so hard. And, um, and the funniest thing is, you know, and, and I just figured, you know, I had, I had, uh, you know, exchanged emails with, with his, his PR lady and, uh, and we'd set up a time or whatever. And, and so I just, I just assumed that I was going to be going through like a call service, you know, and, uh, you know, just be one of those things where they, they patch me through or whatever. And, and, um, and so this guy answers the phone and, and says, you know, hello. And, and I say, Hey, this is Peter Hughes from, from auto week. Uh, I, you know, I had an appointment to speak to Mario. Um, and, and he, he just said something very quickly, just kind of that I didn't quite catch. But, but, you know, but it was, you know, he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I, I was sitting there waiting, thinking about <laughs> him. And, but it was him. And, and, and he says, and he says, he says, well, ball's in your court. <laughs> Wait, is this Mario? <laughs> it's like he answered the phone himself. And, uh, and so that kind of broke the ice and, and we were kind of off, off and running then. But, um, yeah, I mean, the thing is I had, I had done so much just preparation uh, for this just because, you know, I didn't want to, I mean, like you say, it's, <laughs> when am I ever going to get to talk to Mario Andretti again, you know? And, um, and I don't want it. Well, it's also like, I, you know, I want to make sure that I, I not only do I not want to look at, look like an idiot uh, in front of Mario Andretti, but um, you know, I, I don't want to wake up the next day thinking, Oh God, I wish I had asked him about, that or whatever you know and and um uh so yeah i would say i would say i was pretty much pretty over prepared and um and that's why you know i mean (laughs) that's why i kept him on the phone for 
for uh, for quite a long time. But you know, and I asked him at one point. I said, "Hey, man, I don't want to keep you on the phone all day. You know, and and, and uh, how much how much time you got?" And 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 he says, "I've got all the time you need." Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> like, that's wow, insane to me. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, and especially right now, I mean, you, you know that there are like probably five or ten other magazine writers uh, in the same same position trying to get on the phone. Oh, exactly. Yeah. No, he's been doing stuff nonstop. Yeah. You know? So tell us a little bit about, I, I think probably, um, you know, the, the story is, is online and it's it's in the magazine to read. Um, tell us a little bit about the stuff that, that maybe you wish you could have got into or 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 is is there something in the story that um or in that conversation that you that you wish you could have spent more time on um you know i was it's funny i was just like looking through the through the interview and looking through my earlier draft of the story which like my first draft of the story i think was was uh, almost twice as long as, as what, it, what it ended up going uh going into the book but um uh uh, but most of what I ended up cutting out was just kind of like just um, just additional kind of dialogue and 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 just um, uh, you know kind of details that maybe were superfluous. But um, one one of the great things that that um, just for me personally, you know, I, I, there's there's the story of of uh, of when when he was him and his brother were were still living in in Italy. They're they're, they're teenagers and. Um, and uh, they're living in a, a refugee camp uh, in Tuscany, and um, and these friends of theirs who who owned a service station uh, that they they hung out at, um, you know, knowing that that that, uh, that they were huge racing uh, enthusiasts, they they took them to um, to the Italian Grand Prix um, at Monza. So this was like '54. And that was a race that uh, that you know uh, was was won by by uh, Juan Malfangio, um, and uh, and then the next year the same guys took took the brothers to um, uh, to to see the the Milanilia. Um and this was in '55, right? Which is like the famous year that you know that. that um, uh, Sterling Moss and Dennis Jenkinson won in the in the Mercedes um, SLR, and uh, and so you know so they got to see both of these like incredibly historic you know amazing things and and so so I asked him about that and 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 I uh, said you know did you ever cross paths with um, with with Fangio again you know and and I have a kind of a, a personal interest in Fangio uh, just going back to musical stuff because I, I made a record a long time ago of, of uh, uh, kind of a, a fanfic uh, concept album about, about Fangio. Um, but, uh, but, but he told me this great story about how in, uh, I guess it must've been like 78 or 79. Uh, he was in Argentina for the, the Grand Prix down there and they were dedicating the, um, the Fangio museum, which is in Balcarce, which is, uh, where, where Fangio, uh, grew up outside of Buenos Aires. Um, and, uh, and he told me about this, this night where, where that night, um, it was him, uh, Mario Andretti, uh, Fangio and Sterling Moss hanging out at Fangio's place, staying up until like four in the morning, just, just telling stories. And, um, 
Wow. And that kind of gave me goosebumps. Yeah. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, to be, to be a fly on the wall at, at that is just, just uh, you know, just incredible to think of and to think, to think about, I mean, this is, this is what's so incredible about, about Andretti. I think uh, one of the things that's so incredible about him is um, that, you know, I mean, he, he started racing in, in the late 1950s, you know, and, and I didn't, I mean, you know, I grew up in the, as a kid in the seventies and eighties, he was just a, a, a race car driver then, you know, I was into all this, you know, when I started getting into racing, I started getting into to kind of older racing and stuff kind of before my time. And I never really realized that he was part of that too. And he's kind of, he's, he's kind of this incredible bridge um, between, you know, I mean, he's still, still actively involved now. Um, but, but he's also, you know, I mean, he's kind of this, this legendary figure, but, but he also is kind of this bridge to, to these guys, you know, like Moss or, or Fangio who, you know, I mean, at this point are kind of almost like mythical figures. Um, and, uh, and I just thought that that was so cool. Um, and, 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 and he said that, that, uh, you know, he, you know, that for him that night was, was so great because, um, their their whole thing was they were just kind of geeking out on how much he knew about like you know like he re, he knew more about their careers than they could remember themselves yeah. you know um and uh <laughs> um but that that was that was a really a really neat thing to to hear for sure that's uh it's weird like you hear uh those little stories of like uh big celebrity intersections like the uh, Neil Young and and uh, Rick James were roommates or whatever. Were in a band together. It's like you know, like young Mario is there at the track watching. You know what I mean? Like those. Uh, it's hard to conceive of those people. You know, just crossing paths when one of them was totally unknown, or like when they're. That's sure. always very weird to me. It always seems like a pre-orchestrated. You know, like a big conspiracy yeah. web, but. No, um, but- no, well, and I was going to say, I mean, the other thing that's that's incredible about it too, though, is is that okay? So, so here's this kid, you know, a 14 year old in in Italy, in post war Italy, uh, who who's you know who sees this happen, you know, um, uh, who who then goes on to become himself uh, uh, a Formula One champion. Okay, so if you just had that story by itself that would be pretty amazing. Right. But, yeah. but the thing that, that just like makes it completely incredible. And, and this is what I didn't really, you know, I mean, I feel bad because, because prior to, to, to doing, you know, taking into to this story, I actually didn't know that much. About I think I kind of took it for granted just because he was, you know, still active. You know, when, when I started getting into racing, I just thought of him as just being like, uh, you know, he races in cart or whatever. Yeah. Um, um, but, but no, so, so this kid, you know, who's, who's, who's watching, you know, the earliest era of, of formula one then comes to the United States with his family, um, and settles in, in Nazareth, Pennsylvania, you know, completely random, sure. right. He, he just had some uncles who had, had come there and, and were working and, and, um, and that's where he discovers dirt track racing. And, and, you know, and, and, and it's like, you know, when, when, when they're on the boat, like they're literally thinking to themselves, like, 
well, that's it. That's, that's so much for our dreams of, of being race car drivers, yeah. you know, and then they land in, in the, in, in Pennsylvania and, and, uh, and, you know, as, as, as you know, he, he says in the story, you know, basically we got here on a Thursday and that Sunday night we're hanging out at my uncle's house and we just hear this roar of engines you know, <laughs> going from a mile away. And it's, and it's this, uh, you know, local dirt track and they, they, <laughs> they just head on over and, and, um, and so, so now, like, not only do you have these connections to, to, you know, guys like Fangio and Moss, but you also have, like, this is a guy who came up in racing doing, doing dirt tracks, yeah. doing oval racing, um, you know, racing midgets, yeah. you know, doing all this, this crazy stuff that could not be more American. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and so you have this whole story and then kind of, you know, going up through, through the ranks and, and, uh, um, you know, landing on a, on a top tier, you know, IndyCar team, um, and, and working his way up through, through that circuit. Um, and that in itself is completely incredible. And then, you know, and then at the same time, just, just being like, so, so eager and hungry. And, and because he knew that he wanted, like, ultimately, you know, he wanted to succeed, like whatever he was doing, but, but his, uh, you know, which was, was racing, uh, you know, champ cars at the time, Indy cars, um, uh, because that's, that's where he was, but, but his ultimate long-term goal was he still wanted to race in formula one. And, and if he was going to do that, he knew that he needed to get experience, not just driving on ovals, but, but doing road racing too. And so, so at the same time that he was coming up in the sixties, um, you know, he was also, he was racing sports cars. He was, you know, he was, he was racing NASCAR. He was doing all this crazy stuff with, with, um, and all of it successfully, you know, um, which, I mean, that to me was, was just amazing to, to learn. And I felt so, so kind of sheepish to (laughs) to only be discovering this now, you know, like, cause uh, you know, I mean, I was a guy, uh, who, you know, I would just look past, I, th- I think just because he was such a huge figure still, you know, when I was growing up that, um, you know, I, I just kind of looked right past him and, and, you know, I, I, you know, a year ago I could have told you more about Phil Hill than yeah. I could tell you about Mario Andretti just because he was kind of like, he was more cult, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right. Um, and, uh, but, and it's like, Oh no, guess what? No, the guy who's the most famous that everybody loves is, is actually like, you know, the reason everybody thinks that he's, he's the coolest is because he's incredibly cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Strange how that works sometimes. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. I, I think too, like, yeah, he, he is such a brand name guy, but, um, you know, to me, the, the appeal and reading the story, certainly the appeal is a, a lot of it is the, the way it happened where, you know, I think everybody who really follows motorsports knows that, uh, a lot of the the people who get involved and who are successful are people who come from a lot of wealth or come from a family who is a who is already involved in motorsports and sure. uh, who have that like that leg up. Um, and the the Andretti story to go from you know a refugee camp to uh, to being the brand name based solely on his talent and you know his his personality, obviously. But I think you know, his, on, on his merits, there can be no question about, 
um, how he got where he is because he he made it all happen. It, and that to me is super appealing because that's like um, I think you know as a as a kid or whatever or as a kid now looking at motorsports, you're like, yeah, you have to have you know either dad is Mario Andretti or uh, dad owns a, an F1 a, team that you a, happen to. Uh, yeah, right. Mar- Mario Andretti could not happen today. <laughs> yeah. He's I, a, I think, like you know, my dad's a hedge, hedge fund guy or whatever, but, uh, and that's the, but you think about like, the, if your dream is to be a race car driver, you have to eliminate yourself pretty much right away. The, the stories like Andretti's story, but you know, Preston's saying you couldn't do it today. That was the case back then too. Most of the guys who were racing, you know, there were some SCCA guys who, who came up and who figured it out. But, um, you know, even back to the early days of Formula One, those are all barons and counts and whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, no, I mean, it's not, I mean, that was it was it was a sport of aristocrats. Yeah. You know, and I, I love I think that's what's part of what is appealing about the Andretti story is, you know, he wasn't even a regular guy. He was like he was an immigrant <laughs> kid who who from uh, a refugee camp. From, yeah. Like. You know, like he didn't even have like the the base uh, baseline where all American kids start out. It was like dire circumstances, and and um, to to get where he was and, and become like I said that name brand guy. Um, that's the real dream, right? That's the real story that like that you tell your kids or that you tell people that that if you want to do this thing, you can and you're talented and you work hard and all that stuff. That um, but you have to start in the Hudson. Yeah. That's the one stipulation to tell your kid. Yeah. If you don't start in a Hudson, then there's no hope. You're just SOL. But I think that's, you know, it's like the American dream thing. Uh, I think in most cases you find out whether it's, uh, you know, if you work hard and you all the right stuff, you can be president or you can be the president of a company or you can. That's obviously not true in in 99.9% of cases. But I think like those weird edge cases like the Andretti ones are. It, 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 it like I don't know like as as a, a middle class person to me like that's really appealing because it's like you know he he won he like he beat the system he like you know what I mean he got through I mean he he lives and lived the American dream like he lived it out as an immigrant to yeah. become wildly successful through something he's that the he one. loved he's yeah the he's one. <laughs> he's the one who did it he he found that golden brick road yeah. <laughs> he's the one yeah yeah no for sure um no, there yeah, are like and, four. Well, I, I, yeah, and I, I think I think that a lot of it, it just, it, I think that it really just speaks to um, to his own just personal drive, you know, and um, uh, and just ambition and 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 just and just refusal to to um, to give up, you know. I mean, he he just he was just going to go for it no matter what. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to find this, this quote because, because I actually, you know, I did, I mean, one of the things that I, you know, I ended up cutting from it was, was, um, well, here, I'll just, I'll just read it to you. Uh, I say when, when, when the, uh, when the subject of present day immigrants and refugees is mentioned, uh, the possibility that the next great American champion could be a kid holed up in a border camp somewhere, uh, and ready grows reflective, uh, and this is him talking now. I know that I never had a plan B when I had no idea where anything could go. For some reason, I just had one thing in my head 
And with Aldo, it was the same way. And if we would have expressed ourselves openly, we would have been laughed at. Uh, and that's what I think helped me per- pursue and achieve the things I did because I had the burning, burning desire to just do what I really wanted to do. You know, the love of becoming a race driver. As I say, just looking back at what happened in our early life and so forth, probably the most unlikely thing that could happen was to arrive at where we uh, were able to arrive at, which, I mean, that's it, you know, it's just, (laughs) just, uh, just refusal to, to, uh, to, you know, to give up. Yeah. It's a totally insane thing for me because I I think about, you know, like uh, when I was a kid and, uh, you know, obviously growing up in an entirely different situation privilege wise, like the uh, it's like I was like, "Uh, I'm going to be in the Air Force. And then my dad's like, no, you can't be in the Air Force. You're not going to be in the military. I was like, all right. And then uh, I was like, (laughs) (laughs) it's like I'm going to be a dentist. And your mom's like, you're not good enough at math to get through medical school. And I was like, well, all right. Like, you know what I mean? Like. Privilege brings so much quit, but it, it's just like you know any any uh, baseline uh, difficulty that was presented to me. It was like a didn't have a dream to begin with, but then like <laughs> like any you know any mild opposition was just met with up. Yeah, you're right. I I can't do that. There's no way. Uh, but yeah, reading this story makes you feel like a real kind of piece of shit if you're me. But uh, the, the big question, Rory, is how, how do we read this story? What's that? How, yeah. do, how do we read the story? You got to get the magazine or go to the website. Uh, and that's uh, MarioAndretti.gov or is that? No, uh, it's on the AutoWeek site. Oh, okay. AutoWeek.com. Yeah. yeah. Which uh, is newly uh, not great looking, but it will be. It doesn't crash all the time uh, and it works. So you I, can... did, I did notice that. There's kind of a, a upgrade, right? Well, it, it's a, a severe downgrade from a, a usability standpoint uh, and visually um but it we had to do that um as many readers are are pointing out we had to do that very quickly because our old system was falling apart and was breaking all the time (laughs) we we overloaded it so we uh yeah too much serious we had too too much much traffic yeah traffic Uh, and (laughs) so we upgraded the site like you say the uh so we fixed the back end and the now the front end's all screwed up yeah, we'll take care of the customers later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're working at it. Yeah, so that's uh, anyway. This, it's on there. It's in the magazine, uh, and it's beautiful in the magazine. Um, really, really a great, cool cover story. I oh, think awesome uh, cover photo. Yeah, I think uh, you mentioned uh, to me that this is your fifth or sixth. Is that right? Cover fifth. Yeah, fifth. fifth. That's uh, certainly the the largest number of cover stories of any non-staffer in my uh, during my tenure. I would even say even non-drives almost of a yeah, not a not a new car drive. Um, so yeah, I did uh, find you a keychain where I've been told several times that we're out of them. Uh, I found three of them, so I'm well, gonna send you. You're one. not gonna give them all three, are you? No, I, I got a hold out. <laughs> two are going to eBay. Two, two need to get lost for a little while. Yeah, what? And then we'll find them again. I was gonna say, don't get crazy, yeah. Roy. What incentive would anybody have to to, to try to break Peter's record? Right? Yeah, if it wasn't for a keychain at the end, rainbow. You need, you need a you need a carrot to dangle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't tell him about the key chain before he wrote the story yeah that's true <laughs> would have been this big distraction yeah yeah it'd be hard to imagine i mean focusing with I that know. hanging out there do, I, do we have to pay him and the keychain or no no right <laughs> <laughs> 
think that's just the keychain. Key I don't. Know, I don't know what I told you about this, but I think that was kind of implied is that you just get the keychain. Sure. Well, that's priceless. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can't find them anywhere, right? Yeah. So it's a money you can find. Every, I've seen. I, I've seen the keychains going for as much as twenty dollars on eBay. So. Well, that's about what we pay for stories from Peter. Don't yeah, so no, I think it's a wash. The, yeah, it's a wash. Um, but great having you on. We, awesome stories, Peter. Yeah, it was great. Great work too. Yeah, and uh, really, you guys, if if you're not getting the magazine and, and seeing uh, Peter's stuff there, he is uh, has been such a treat to have in the book, and I'm so glad that um, he's he's contributing to Auto Week. Um, one of one of the great automotive writers working today, and. Um, <laughs> I'm serious. I I'm, uh, I didn't realize you were still on the line. Yeah, this, this isn't a bit. Uh, not a bit. I'm 100% serious, and uh, it's it's worth your subscription uh, to get to get the the stories that he does. So um, you all know that, obviously, as podcast listeners. So um, yeah, that's that's uh, that's Mario Andretti uh, and and Peter's story. Uh, go see the Mountain Guts on tour. Go order uh, the new record. It's fantastic. Um, I have a, a vinyl copy uh, coming to me. Um, and it, it is uh, always a pleasure to hear your voice. And we will have you back on the podcast uh, as soon as we can. Thanks, man. Yeah, this is, this is a, uh, man, I feel like, like I hit the trifecta with this. You know, get the story in the book, get the, the story on the cover, and and finally get on the podcast. Well, well, it's, it's, we uh, didn't know you'd want to do it. It's, <laughs> it's, well, it's your personal triple crown. Like uh, yeah. Mario has his, you yeah. have yours. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll have you cool, on again. Man. Yeah. Next time we do, we do some, uh, some auto week, uh, trivial pursuit. I, oh God. <laughs> okay. uh, that's you the know, only I, revolving feature. I actually, I actually do want to do, uh, um, an episode on the Lada and on, uh, Soviet cars. Yeah. Uh, so we should we should prep that with a weird guest. Um, but I think that'd be really fun. Cool. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again, man. So from guest to guest, we just said goodbye to uh, Peter Hughes and said hello to our dear friend, Matt Weaver, who is down in Indianapolis, Indiana. And I'm told there's a race there this weekend. Is that the case, Matt? Yeah, back home again in Indiana. Hell yeah. How's it going down there? You know, it's hard to ask for much more. Um, you know, it's always special to be in Indianapolis this time of the year. Um, we've been rewarded with, you know, dramatic uh, qualifying sessions, fascinating stories, um, notable eliminations. Uh, no matter which side of the, the, the catch fence you're on, it's really hard to ask for much more than we've gotten this summer. So Patricio Award didn't qualify. Yeah, no, is that that's the, a is that the one where? <laughs> oh, and a podcast guest uh, Max Chilton didn't qualify. Oh boy, um, oh man, the podcast. Uh, so I, I have not been there, though, been following it. it. Um, I've been very very busy, but I did. Um, I, I'm kind of wondering. So everybody's obviously the story of this. I guess there's two stories, right? Potentially, uh, is this Elio's chance to join the four, uh, the four Indy 500 club? And the other one is Alonzo. Will Alonzo, uh, be able to, uh, complete his triple crown this year? Yeah. Um, so take us through a little bit about, uh, the qualifying and, and really, um, touch, I guess, first on Alonzo. Um, where, where'd he qualify exactly? I thought it was pole, but. What, is he in the front row or? 
It, it might be a little bit further down. I've got to check my notes and stats. It wasn't Second quite row? the poll, but it's a little further down. So would it be in the top 33-ish cars, <laughs> roughly? Or just outside. He might have cracked the top 34. Okay. <laughs> yeah. oh, all right. So, unfortunately, that's not good enough uh, to find yourself in the field this year. Um, and, of course, I listened to uh, Fernando's quotes. Um, and we were just doing a bit. It was kind of bad. But I actually did listen to his quotes. And apparently he didn't make any mistakes driving or he left it all on the table. It was the car's fault. Uh, and he was not able to make it because the car was bad. Does that wash for you? I, I mean, I think kind of. I read a big story about it. It seems to wash for me. Yeah, you know, I, I think everything seems to add up in terms of what the official stance was. Um, you know, Fernando's quotes immediately after the session are, are still pretty impactful to me. He said that he went out there um, when the car was was pushing really bad, and he never lifted. Um, he went out there with a punctured right rear, never lifted. Um, they came back with a, a Frankenstein setup, uh, kind of bits and pieces from other teams that were willing to help him out a little bit. And he said he never lifted until the very last lap because he wasn't going to make the corner unless he did lift just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Jill DeFerrin, um, the, the old cart champion and, and Indy 500 winner who is spearheading their international efforts to come over to the U.S. Um, he blamed it purely on the car. He said the McLaren let him down. Um, and so I don't think the driver could do anything different there. Yeah. that And like I said, I was kind of joking. But I think that's, uh, you know, you'll hear that from drivers a lot. But, um, you know, previously seeing Alonso in uh, really anything he's driven uh, ever, he's always been able to get a, a ton of performance out of whatever car he's in. Um, I, I mean, I can't say whether or not it's the maximum, but um, he was, he's was he been very fast in endurance cars, sports cars. Even compared to top-level uh, drivers in Formula endurance one cars. Of, yeah. You know, piece of junk, uh, Formula One cars. Yeah, piece of piece shit. Piece of shit, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was going one. in between just calling it junk. And then, you got it. You know, yeah. It's good. Um, but yeah, also, I mean, listen, here's, here's the deal. He, he went out there his very first year yeah. as a rookie two years ago, yep. led 30-odd laps, yeah. Um, looked like he was going to win with a top of the line, uh, Honda motor with, with an Andretti built car. So clearly he knows his way around the racetrack after a month of practice. Um, the, the last couple of years at McLaren, there were times where he did some of his best driving, um, getting inside right. of the top 10 was about to score a point, And then they continued to have mechanical misfortune after mechanical misfortune, um, I, the driver clearly is not the problem here, and everyone agrees with that. Yeah. The, the question now is just what next? What next for him? What next for McLaren? Does he come back? Do they come back together? Empire I Hill mean, Climb. Um, yeah. It's a very fascinating subject. It, well, Empire Hill Climb. With some of the issues, though, that I've been reading about, the Empire Hill Climb would still be a challenge. I mean, they I heard them... They came out of the pits scraping the ground. Yeah, the car was set up too low, and uh, the car was they geared had the wrong incorrectly. Gearing, um, you know, at their practice, they were missing a steering Zach wheel. Zach Brown had to go get a steering wheel. <laughs> so yeah, kind of a bummer. And Moto has that. I guess my question too is like, IndyCar obviously was making a kind of a big deal about Alonso participating and potentially hitting his triple crown there. Um, there, there was a noticeable kind of. I won't say lift and excitement because it's it's always a big deal. The Indy 500, it's always a big deal. But 
it's kind of a different mood, right? Uh, having him there and, and certainly like, uh, especially, you know, in years passing the crowd that, that kind of gathered for Alonso and then the international interest in having him there. Um, what is it like now? I mean, what's, what is it like when, when this guy who much of the narrative of this race was built around is not in the show? Well, there's two ways of looking at it. And this is actually something that I'm, I'm working for the website. Um, it's, it, 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 it's, it's difficult because on one hand, yes, if Fernando Alonso is participating in the race, no matter where he qualifies, look at James Hinchcliffe. He barely made the show. He was third fastest in practice on Monday. So you make the show, you have a chance. You've got time to figure it out. So IndyCar wanted Fernando Alonso to be a part of this show. If you look at the TV ratings, the mm-hmm. international viewership, uh, the streaming numbers from 2017, off the charts. He is a, he, he's more than just an international racing superstar. He's an international sporting star. Yeah. And there's very few people who are, are transcendent beyond racing. We're talking about, you know, the likes of, of Jeff Gordon, Elio Castroneves, guys who become pop culture sensations. And then from an international standpoint, that's what Alonzo brings to the table. So, yes, yeah, certainly um, there is a disappointment there from people in the IndyCar paddock and community. But this is the thing that's really fascinating to me that I'm kind of clamping onto. There is a lot of pride in IndyCar circles Yeah, that you look at, McLaren and and they, they they brought their own people here. This is not they're hiring a bunch of IndyCar people. They yeah. built that car, even though it's a spec car. They built that spec car in England in their shop. They outfitted it with all of their parts, McLaren parts. They touched it. This was a Zach Brown spearheaded effort. Yep. And they came over with Fernando Alonso, a two-time F1 champion, and their best. If you could really say it was their best. I I maintain they didn't take this seriously enough, but their best wasn't good enough to beat the NTT IndyCar series regulars. And not only did Fernando Alonso and McLaren not not just the regulars, though, Carlin cars didn't make it either. Yeah. I mean, not, not just the regulars though. I mean, there, there are some guys in there who have never met in an IndyCar race. Yeah. Who have never, who have never done this before. Um, so yeah, I mean, just, and I think that does say a lot about, you know, you can say what you want about the the talent difference between Formula One and the the engineering uh, differences in the spec car or whatever, but the Indy Five Hundred is serious business, and um, and you know we've seen Roger Penske not qualify for this race. We've now seen uh, McLaren, uh, like you said, a uh, McLaren with one of the best drivers in driving history. With yeah, uh, not not qualify for this race. It, it's there's a reason why it's a big deal, and there's a reason why it's still considered part of the Triple Crown. Um, it should be noted, though. I mean, in the field, this year's field, from first to last, the spread is less than three miles an hour. Yeah. So, which is insanely tight. Yeah. What were they saying yesterday? It's one of the. It it's is one of the, the tightest, tightest, or tightest, or tightest since tightest. since like fourteen or no? It's no, no. This t- is the this tightest is, yeah, yeah. now. The next tightest yeah. was 14. fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mears and, and those guys yesterday were saying that um, the 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 when he was racing the difference across the, the front row, yeah. line was four miles an hour uh was just in one line of cars so like the or one row of cars so the this is insanely uh competitive racing but but again um you know making it like i said is, is a serious deal and it's not 
something that even, uh, as it turns out, McLaren can well, afford to Well, and Alonso away. not making the field and Hinchcliffe not making it last year, I think that's great for the sport because I think that it adds some credibility to it. Yeah. Uh, these guys aren't going to buy their way in now. I mean, qualifying still means something, even if there were only 35 drivers, I guess, that ultimately tried to make this 33-car field. Uh, so it's it, in that respect, it's kind of cool. Uh, we were talking about Rick Mears. Uh, Rory was talking. Uh, we talked to him yesterday, and, and we talked to him about the 1995 Indy 500. That was the year after Penske, you know, dominated it with that Penske Mercedes engine, the the push rod that they brought with them, and just you know dominated this thing, won it by which was know, banned. Right it, after and it the was race. banned right after the race, and then in '95 Penske came back as the defending champ and did not qualify any of their cars. So you know, I, you know it, it can inter- happen. There's an interesting <laughs> side note to, uh, and I, I don't mean this to uh, disparage uh, anybody, but. Uh, yesterday, and I wasn't going to bring this up, but somebody mentioned the uh, Penske's response to um, to when they didn't make it, and how it was all about how he had screwed up and like he had not prepared adequately. And given he said, you know, we have the two best drivers in the world, and we didn't give them the right equipment, or I didn't give them the right equipment. Yeah, right, that Mears did tell me that story, and that's something I'm working on for our website here for this weekend. Is is that yeah, Roger got in front of the group. And he took all the heat. He said it was that this one's on me. Yeah. But that let's get our you know let's get back to the shop tomorrow. We're going to start kicking ass for the rest of the way. You know I mean it was Roger took it. But again I think when when the boss takes it, yeah. Everybody in that room looks in the mirror and says, <laughs> uh, "What what could I what could have I done differently?" Yeah. Right. And I think and then that helps. You know it's it's those kind of speed bumps. And how they react to it is what's made, you know, Penske, Penske Racing and yeah, Team Penske, yeah. you know, the quintessential race team in America. And I think, I mean, this definitely makes, you know, it makes the Indy 500 look more difficult than, say, like maybe the rest of the... Monaco. Than Monaco or, or at least from like a driving or a car setup kind of thing. But, and it gives it a lot of respect. But the other side to this is just how bad of a, of a mess up this is for McLaren. I mean, and it and it isn't just you know like oh they went out at qualifying wrong, but this was you know doomed from the start. I mean, the steering wheel snafu happened a month ago in Texas. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, I mean, this was on the. I think all cars need steering wheels. Long I think that's time. kind of a reading yeah. some of the accounts of how this went wrong. They they didn't do they they borrowed dampers and and, and set it uh, to they didn't do SAE. They did millimeters. Yeah. They had it wrong. And that's why they went out and were dragging the car. Around. And I, I think that, I mean, this whole thing is just an absolute, it's a laughably embarrassment. Bad. Yeah. yeah. I know? think the, it's almost like the 2017 McLaren F1 season the, and the, and the 18 one and the 19, 16 one. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, there seems to be, what is Ron, what is, really what is Ron Dennis doing right now? I mean, just he curious. should, you know, just. He's probably of, smiling with a great deal of satisfaction right now. Again, not to disparage Zach Brown, who's a very I, I will capable say, and uh, a smart guy. Real fast, the strangest thing about McLaren's racing pedigree right now, uh, compared to the road cars, the road cars are phenomenal yeah, right now. Yeah, never been better. They kind of switch places. <laughs> it's and the racing's is not quite holding holding its own, which is insane to me. It yeah. doesn't make any sense. So, Matt, um, again, while we have you on the phone, um, we want to get to some um, some predictions, uh, some. Some betting odds, I think they're called in the in the business. Um, the old spread. But we we did note too, um, you know, when we found out that that Junkos Racing was without a sponsor, we looked into what it would cost um, to get on on the car, 
And for the briefest of minutes, I was like, man, we should do it. Um, it's expensive. It's, it was more, it was cheaper than I thought it would be 40 or 50 bucks, but, uh, more expensive than I had had, scraping around. Uh, but man, that would have been cool. The auto week, auto week racing. Then we wouldn't be able to pick anybody else. We wouldn't be able to really, we'd have to kind of tilt it in our favor to get that car. Uh, Kyle Kyle Kaiser's going to win today. Yeah. Yeah. So, so outside of Kyle Kaiser, Matt, you're on the ground there. Actually, you're going to go last because you have kind of the inside track on this one. So let the guys who We're, have no comment. Or no. So I have barely watched anything. <laughs> uh, Wesley, uh, I think, has paid a little bit more attention than me. Jimmy has a good innate feel for this, and Mike should have watched yep. everything. So uh, we will start with Wesley, go around the table with our picks, um, um, and then we will uh, get the real answer from you, Matt. Uh, so should we do like three or something or just pick your guy who's going to win the car uh, thing. We don't want to be here all day. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I'm picking, I'm going with Ed Carpenter for, for this year. Ooh, Ooh hometown yeah. boy. Ooh. Uh, we have, we, ha- the- we have the same barber. So oh. uh, yeah. well, that, that's a good reason. Uh, he, and he's, and he he's looks like he gets your haircut, his haircut a little more, more frequently. frequently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's true. And you got to probably be more on your A game when you're cutting ends here than yours. I got to think. Uh, I don't know. Cody does. I think the same job okay. for all his customers. Okay. Uh, Do you drive all the way to Indy for a haircut? Yes. Uh, not since the last one I didn't, but most of the time, yes. Yeah. Wow. It's extremely weird. Um, yeah. Shout out to Cody. War- sure. Warfley Barbershop <laughs> in Broad yeah. Ripple. Uh, if you're ever in Indy and need a haircut, that's the place to go. I, I went there once. Really? Yeah. But so, the but line was too long. Are they, so are they a sponsor? Are they I went yeah. and got Chinese food. Okay. So my pick uh, for this one, I, w- I want... My heart is with. Now you uh, picked the Preakness winner, right? I did. So and, uh, this, we should pay attention. Won a lot of money that day. So we should pay well, attention to this one. My neighbor Jeremy was feeding me all the right answers then, mm. and he's not here right now. Uh, <laughs> but I, you I want a friend. Is it? Too I want to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I want to pick uh, <laughs> former Auto Week intern Connor Daly. It's a good uh, pick. You want to? I but. want to, but. He's not in a bad spot. He's not in a bad not spot, in a bad man. Spot. And for not being in a car uh, regularly for a very long time to come and show up for your one show this year. And well, he was in the Lamborghini uh, Trofeo Yeah, that's series. true. But not so he's been car. in a car. Not an IndyCar. I mean, he probably drove to Indy. Yeah, it's true. Um, <laughs> and and in he, he plays a ton of simulator games, I yeah. think. Um, my real pick uh, for his first Indy 500 this year, winning from the pole. Ooh. Ooh. Grimy Simey, my guy, <laughs> Miss Simon Paginot. Perrier I think, drinking I think, Simon Paginot. Yeah. I think this is his year. I, I've listened and, and seen him a little bit in, in some post-race stuff. He's got the eye. He looks focused. He's got that twinkle. He looks mean. He's yeah. awesome. He uh, And he oh, genuinely also is like one of the best guys uh, that I've, I know in racing. So uh, I think that's, that's my guy. Uh, Jimmy? Man, I'm having a hard time. Can't pick I'm mine. having a hard time. Can't, I, I pick can't? The, I pick the guy with the one next to his name. Is OJ Man. in this race? That's OJ, too easy. Is OJ in the race? Yeah. So <laughs> so I like I like the Simon pick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's on the pole, so. Yeah. yeah, it's a, yeah I like, like the Ed Carpenter one because this has got to be his. A millionth and a half. His second. 500, yeah. Well, but also, I mean, he's started second a couple times. Yeah. Right? yeah. And right. he started first a couple he's times. He's been on the pole. Yeah. He's yeah. knocking yeah, on the door He always qualifies well. But to me, that third row is looking tasty, really good. I mean, you've got Borday, yeah. Newgarden, and Rossi. And I, but I do like I do like uh, little Colton Herda up there in fifth. Though, wow! So. 
I don't know. I guess that's just what I'm gonna say. Do I have to pick one? Yeah, you have. That's the, <laughs> do I have to pick one? That's the convention. Yeah, five of yeah. the top twelve. So see, but, yeah. see, but this is the thing, though, is that you don't just read I, the names that, that are on the list. I know this we know isn't how it works. Yeah. So, uh, millions oh, of batters all over the world, Jimmy, are waiting on your pick. Oh, Ooh. I'm gonna go with Newgarden. Joseph Newgarden. I'm gonna go with the Chevy in the middle on like row it. three. I like it. He's been out of the uh, spotlight a little bit, yeah, since his championship season. Yeah, uh, you know, you know. But I like the it. third row there. You look at that. You look at where because uh, I think Will Power last year. I think he started. Third, Did you guys actually, see uh, Will but... Power's Instagram story from going to the visit the White House yesterday? It's insane. It's, it's so very great. very funny. Uh, you can see it on AutoWeek.com. Oh, it's on the site. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's he. What did he say about the general? He's like he likes war or yeah, something the like that. Secretary of War. He's like yeah. a guy who really likes war. <laughs> he's just that. He's not wrong. Will has like this fantastic. Uh, Will Power has this fantastic uh, deadpan uh, sense of humor, <laughs> and you can never really tell like if he's having fun doing something or if he's if he's doing a bit. And I think this one he's subtly doing a bit. It's very very funny. But maybe. But there's still a maybe. Uh, but that, that's yeah. a place you want your bits to be. Yeah. Like if yeah. People right. are unsure if you're doing. He, a oh, bit. he's never gonna. He's never gonna. These are going to be outwardly goofy and disrespect what it means to be a Team Penske guy, but he does a really good deadpan thing, and it's I I think he's doing a bit in this one. Uh, but anyway, I'll leave that up to you to decide, uh, Michael. Well, you guys have stolen a lot of my thunder. I mean, well, that's why I put you last. I don't I, know. If I you're... mean, Penske. It, the the racing gods are going to give this one to Penske. It's his fiftieth anniversary yeah. there. Uh, I mean, Penske's, Penske, unfortunately, is not going to go on forever, I don't think. Uh, and he his might, team dude. this year, he's got, he's got four of the top 12 qualifiers. Everybody's been strong all all week or all month. So, down which there. one? Uh, last year, Power won both races in May. Yep. Pajnow won the first one this year. He's Ooh. in line to win the, the sweep if he wants to go that I way. Him. My favorite driver in the field is Castro Nevis. Yeah. Uh, who starts 12th. The problem with Castro Nevis, this will be his first IndyCar race of the season. And, it's boy, it's tough to just kind of roll out of bed and, you know, beat this really strong or Or unless you're Helio. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to go with Newgarden. Uh, you can't pick you. I already, already picked Newgarden. I know. You picked Newgarden. But the, Newgarden. You have to we, pick he, either Bordeaux you got to pick a different guy. You won't let me take. No. no Jimmy picked if I'm at the If I'm at the That's, Preakness, no, no. I could, I could no, pick the same can. horse no. or Rory well, We're not, not at the Preakness. We changed this different rules. This is the Ottawa podcast all right yeah. give me castro nevis okay <laughs> i actually i would love to see uh i would love to see him get his fourth i think he he is deserving of it that'd be awesome he, he, oh, he is awesome. imagine yeah. like i mean i'm getting i'm getting a little tingly over here you know, like Thank all the cars easy. coming through you know yeah. castro nevis what, everyone gonna be cars? Super... what are you talking about There's what cars going down there anyway hey, car- do you think no, you know, they... hey if castro nevis <laughs> is coming around four and new gardens <laughs> guided <laughs> by a car length you think we get some team orders here no. and uh, help him out no no I don't no think so. i don't think for the 500 that's a pretty big chunk of change for these guys I yeah think, but uh, castro nevis that's history Oof. all right all right we do you hang up <laughs> are you still on the phone no no thanks for joining us man <laughs> the way I look at this sort of thing is true to form, very analytical. And Uh-oh. if you look at the last handful of races, yep. ever since they started trimming the downforce back a little bit, we yep. got the new Universal Aero Kit, which is the least amount of downforce these cars have produced in ever. well over a decade and a half. Yep. Um, this plays right into the reigning winner's hands. I, I think this is Will Power's race to lose. They've been quietly impressive all month long. During practice, uh, there's tons of confidence there. But again, you just look at the trends. Even the last couple of years, 
um, where they still had high downforce. The, the 12 team was still very, very potent there. Yeah. But just recent trends, they are very good when these cars get harder to handle. Um, you know, this is such a weather-dependent race. Yeah. So whether it takes place on Sunday or Monday, we don't know yet. But it looks like it's going to be warm. And the hotter it is, the slicker the track becomes. Um, it becomes more of a willpower-type racetrack. He has totally embraced oval racing now. Um, he is the most complete racer that, that Penske has right now, in my opinion, the mixture of, of veteran experience, championship pedigree, success at Indy. Uh, I think that Team Penske, the, the Indy 500, they get a back-to-back winner for the first time since Elio did it in 01 and 02. Yep. I say willpower, back-to-back. Wow. Well, so we've got I love it. Pretty much covered it. And imagine that the he'll, we'll get more chances to see him do the funny deadpan thing on uh, like 100 go. more interviews after <laughs> Yeah, all yeah. the late-night shows and stuff. You talk about the weather, Matt. Uh, we're looking at good chance for thunderstorms on and off all weekend. Now, whether it affects the race, I don't know, but it's definitely going to clean the track up. And like you said, there's going to be a – it's Wait, be a little different than it was. Are you qualifying. saying it's going to rain in Indianapolis in May? Yeah, sorry. I don't believe you. I don't believe it's, it. It's um, cool, man. Well, uh, have fun down there the rest of the week. We will be uh, keeping an eye. On You'll be joining him, won't you? Your stuff uh, up until, and I will be coming down uh, Saturday, uh, provided I can find a place to stash the babies during the race. I don't want to put them in the Ooh. stands. It seems like they'll fry yeah. out there. Um, just put them in the car, lock it up. I think that's good now, right? No, I, I have been yelled at for doing that. You cannot do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. That is not okay to do. Um, but we will see you this weekend. Uh, I'll come by the press room with the uh, the whole brood, and you guys can inspect them. It'll be weird. Um, but, yeah, thanks again for calling in, and we will uh, we'll get back to you. We'll have you back on probably after the race. Yeah, looking forward to this one. Looking forward to seeing you all. Uh... Uh, it's the Indy 500. It doesn't get much better than this, and super excited. Damn right, man. We'll see you there. All right. Um, so we have a, a kind of an interview heavy uh, interview heavy app this time. So we're not going to get to uh, you know some of the other usual shit we draw on about. Uh, I mean, if we're going to have an interview heavy episode, this is this the one. This is a pretty good one. Yeah. yeah. Hughes and Weaver. Yeah, I mean, Hughes and Weaver, and then the one we got coming up uh, with uh, Rick Mears and Jordan Taylor, and uh, we got Johnny Graham, O'Connell Johnny O'Connell, and Graham uh, Ray Hall. That, that uh, was fun. Not terrible. Uh, I, I refer to Graham as a Courtney Force's husband. That's how I refer to Mr. Graham Ray Hall. Yeah, that's, that is good so to do. Graham Force, is that what he's going No, right he's now? still oh. Ray Hall, I think. Is she Courtney Ray Hall? Or? I think she... Courtney Ray Hall Force. Force yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, we'll have to get her picture of driver's license to make sure because sometimes people have professional names. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's either here, here nor there. Thank you uh, for joining us here on the pod. Um, go, uh, like I said, uh, subscribe to the pod if you haven't already, mm-hmm. which would be weird because you're listening to it. Subscribe uh, to the magazine. Everybody else do it. Get on the magazine thing and then uh, go buy Hughes's record too. It's uh, Mountain Goats in League with Dragons. Uh, they have uh, a, a great uh, back catalog, too. Um, I'm a big fan of Zopaloti Machine, myself. Is that how you say that? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, they have, yeah, fantastic back catalogs. One of my, my uh, favorite groups, as the kids say. Um, and we will be back next week post uh, Indy 500 to figure out who won the $500 out of Mike's paycheck. Ew. Uh, from yeah. the, uh, I think that's two of Mike's paychecks, last I checked. No, we're taking five hundred out of one. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, it takes two of those paychecks to make that five hundred dollar. I get you stipend. Yep. Yeah. Um, so uh, we will figure that out. 
Uh, if you guys have picks, uh, go ahead and email them to Wesley. We will read them on the air. It's WREN. Mm-hmm. W-W-R-E-N, yep. Yep, at autoweek.com. Give us your picks, who you want to win. And if none of us got it right and you did get it right, uh, we'll give you Mike's whole paycheck. <laughs> well, make sure you postmark those before the race, please. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, if yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those ones are coming Sunday night. Uh, we, have we have to DQ those. Yeah. We haven't had a single question since the uh, Mazda steering wheel question. So if you have any questions you want us to answer and resolve on the podcast, just uh, hit send, us with those. Should, those should Alonzo have tried the Mazda steering wheel? Oh, Ooh. yeah, we know that guy. Maybe. he's got an extra string. Yeah, well, there you wouldn't go. have had to do that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, send us, uh, send us those, send us your questions, send us your picks for the Indy 500, and uh, we will see you again at, on a star-studded episode 59.